You got to teach your kids. Teach your children. Teach your children. Your children will. Dennis, I hear you are uh, free, like a free man this evening. I am every evening. (laughs) So, yes, the reports are true. Every evening from about 5.30 to 8.30, I'm free. Hey, I mean, it's just another word for nothing left to lose, right? Right. So uh, You know, yeah. Sometimes I'd like to just flag a diesel down and just get out of town, but I don't know. Yeah, with your red bandana and whatever. I've got a blue one. I switched to blue. I don't know why. Hey, we were just talking about the hanky code, so I don't know what that means. Oh, exactly what you're up to. I don't know. <laughs> that's bad. I, I, that's something I didn't really want to know about. So what I've kept up with the series. I've got got a report. Of, what series are we referring to? I guess you haven't. You have a series of series. Yes, Wakefield was one. Yes, I've still been unable to. I've acquired like episode three and four, but I can't get episode one yet. Oh, uh, then so, why? You cannot start. Of course. Yeah, you, you, can, cannot, you can't jump in. So uh, right. that is on my homework and that is actively being pursued. And uh, Succession? Succession, I do now have access to. As you may recall, I had a fight with HBO and they were mean to me, but now I have HBO back. And I could watch Succession, but I don't have any fucking time. You don't so. need to swear about it. I'm angry about it. You're young and, and virile and active in the, in the real world. Yes. Have you been, playing any, you been playing any music lately with your new electric guitar? I, all right. So this gets into my first story I wanted to talk to you about is we recently cleaned out our storage closet. In Spanish, it's called a trastero, which means a place to put trastos, which means junk, like your junk room. And it was in a bad state. And I threw away a whole bunch of, I had an ADSL modem for connecting to the internet in the UK that I used that I, that, because in the UK, I don't know if I haven't been there since I left 16, 17 years ago, but they have different telephone plugs. It's not the RJ 16 or whatever, the sort of plug that you know about that you use the same. It's similar for your ethernet, for example, the little thing with the little, little lever. They have a to- had a totally different thing. And anyway, for some reason I was like, yeah, we'll put this in a box and, and save it. And so I threw away a whole bunch of stuff and some old point and shoots Canon, like this power shot, the, the little compact cameras that were amazing back in the day. The particular one that I'm remembering had this amazing feature. This was when they could already take video. Of course, it was like really shitty quality video, but this one had this amazing feature where you could be record, you could start recording a video five seconds ago. So you're watching, you're moving the camera without pressing record yet. Uh, and you're watching a skateboarder, or in my case, uh, a bullfighter doing stuff, and then something amazing happens, and then you press the button. And it is keeping this looping buffer of video so that it can start recording five seconds ago. And that was in the old day, the stuff that you found? That was in in stuff from 12 years ago. Ah. So what'd you do with it? I threw it away. There's no use for that device So let me ask you this. And is it not, as it is here, let me describe this first context, is that when I've got something that I don't want anymore that has some value to it, I put it out on the road and I have a sign that says free. And sometimes within a minute or sometimes within an hour, the stuff is gone 100% of the time. I don't put junk out there. I put stuff out there. Did, does that not happen in Spain, in your town? There are places where you can donate things. And that's where we put toys and children's clothes that could still be right. of value to some child. But it's 
for an old piece of technology that's like just to just to charge it you'd have you have there's a special like yeah. battery charger to charge that particular shape of right. battery and and then there's the the type of card that it took that it's hard to find a reader of one of those cards now it would have not been of any value to anyone some poor destitute person is not right. looking for a digital right. camera from 12 oh, years ago which you can need recharging <laughs> <laughs> Where you need to buy a new battery, it's hard to find because they don't manufacture those anymore. So, anywho, but that was that was an amazing feature that I loved, and like now we're all carrying 4K video cameras in our pockets at all times. Yeah. And however, that particular feature I've never seen in any other device or app. The idea of I want to start a video five seconds ago. Yeah. Because I want to see the run up to this spill where the skateboarder falls down or whatever or whatever. So. Uh, that is a potential app idea for anyone out there listening. But where was I going with this? We were, oh, guitars. And in the trusted room, the, the junk room, we discovered, like, I knew it was there, but we pulled out my third guitar. I have an acoustic and electric, and I also have a classical guitar with like nylon strings and stuff that I bought long time ago when I thought, oh, I could maybe take guitar lessons and learn how to play classical music and Beethoven and stuff. But it, it's fun to play with. The It's very different. The strings are further apart. The fretboard is wider. It, it's a different feel to the whole instrument. But so I pulled that out. It was in its case and I opened it up the case and something that I had forgotten from, I don't know, eight years ago, one of the strings was broken. Oh, so, so easy to fix. So I went about re, trying to restring my guitar. So I went to Amazon and I said, hey, send me some classical guitar nylon string uh, strings. And they did. And then I went to YouTube and I said, as you do when you have anything that you need to know how to do. I almost went down to, there's a guy that in my neighborhood that teaches music and guitar and stuff. And he would have been able to string my guitar, but I said, fuck it, I'm going to learn how to do this because I haven't, I had not strung this guitar. I was using the original strings from 20 years ago, which explained, which lets you know how often I play it. And so I found this video, very useful video, and they explained how to do it. And I started doing it. There's this interesting nodding because you have to like with acoustic guitars. And I think with electric guitars, although I haven't strung one yet, the strings come with this like little metal knob on the end that holds itself in place. But with the nylon strings, it's just a string and you have to you knot. knot it. Yeah. yeah. And there are a thousand knots in the world. And this was one that I wasn't sure about. And so I watched this video and it was interesting. And I managed to do the high E string just fine, just to knot all of the strings down at the bridge. And then up at the, the head where you twist them tight. I got the E string done. And this particular video advised tying the knot and then cutting it and then twisting to tighten it. And so I, on, when I got to the B string, the, the second highest, I tied it and I cut it and then my knot came untied. And that was bad oh. because now I didn't have enough string to tie it again. And I spent about 45 minutes with my, I got some, I stole my wife's tweezers yeah. uh, and tried to get the darn thing. Uh, no, it was, no, trying to tie it again, but with like oh, very, right, right, very right. little slack and I failed. And so the next day I went to Amazon and I was like, repeat my order, please. I'd like some more of these. But the, after I did that, I went to my guitar case and I opened up the little pocket there and I had a pack of strings that I had bought 20 fucking years ago. When I bought the guitar, I bought an extra pair of, an extra set of strings. So I had strings to try again. And this time I did it and it, and it worked and it's nice. I don't know if it's because the strings are old or because they're new to being strung, but it doesn't hold tune very well. I guess they're like, they're stretching because whenever I tune it, 
whenever oh yeah 20 minutes later they've gone flat and have because to they're not up they're not stretched to their max yet exactly that's my assumption so anyway that was a thing that happens this week that i wanted to tell you about <laughs> yes. and now i have you have so thank you for asking I, me about my I, guitars yes i and next question but the question still remains have you been playing your electric guitar lately a little bit but it's when i have been watching television in the evenings after the kids are in bed i will get the electric and without plugging it in i will i will play around with it while i'm watching a tv show or something right but at this point it's maintaining calluses and ability uh-huh. which is minimal but we're right. trying not right. trying to lose the least that we can we have a musical event coming up that's noteworthy the out of favor boys kalamazoo's oldest and finest blues band is uh, hosting a party down at Old Dog Saloon Thanksgiving Eve. And Thanksgiving Eve was always the day that me and my brothers would go out and party hardy. Because we'd all show up at home for one of our couple annual trips home to the homestead to see Ma and Pa. And uh, we would all, we would go out to the bars on Thanksgiving Eve. When all your friends, of course, were in town and everybody was, it was like a big reunion, you know. Right, right. Our Our little small town. Hey, have you ever been to Topsail, North Carolina? I have not. Well, I've got to do a little research. On I'm Topsail. aware that it's pronounced Topsail and not Topsail. Right. But that's the extent of my knowledge. So I understand it's an hour and a half north, I believe, of Wilmington. North would be north uh, east. I don't know much more about it, but I've got to do a research on, first of all, I think bars in Topsail. And then I bet there are call, some. calling the bars and asking where they get their live music when they get it. Because for my birthday, I think I'm going to hire a band. Sweet. And have a kind of thing of having a birthday party in Topsail, where while I bring a couple of friends with me, the bar becomes my new friends. Whoever whoever shows up that night. Who are you, how many rounds are you buying for everyone? I don't know. I don't know. It's only time will tell. Probably more than I probably more than I should and probably more that's reasonable. And you can afford, yeah. But that sounds like a decent research approach. I mean, first check out the bars, then check out the bands, right? I mean, of course, yes. I could Google bands and Topsail and come up with nothing. Who knows? You could, you could. I could help you with this if I remembered anything about what we discussed tomorrow morning. <laughs> you, you generally don't remember what we discussed at all until you edit, I'm sure. It's, it's a good thing that we have, that we're recording. And I must say, we have a robust listenership. I've seen the data. I think we have a strong core, dedicated uh, happy hour. It's, I propose a toast to them. Our listening fellowship, our community of fellow happy hour. Cheers. What do you have in your hand there, bro? I have a glass with some red wine in it. Red, red wine. I am drinking unusual. A Dos Equis Amber Especial. My, that might, might be a first for the show. My anecdote about that particular brand is one time when we were living in England, my my wife and I went out to a Mexican restaurant and there are almost no Mexican restaurants in, in England. And she and I, and we, the, the menus were given to us and I went to the bathroom and I came back and she was trying to ask the waiter for two X's and a crown. <laughs> and the waiter was like, what are you saying? And I had to, and I had to be like, no, 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 no. You have to actually say the words in Spanish because she had translated Dos Equis into two X's and a, and a Corona into crown. Right. And, and, it, <laughs> it and the waiter, the waiter was like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no interpretation there. But yeah, uh, I, I, so here's the story. Here's the bar story. Bar story. Now I go to O'Duffy's in Kalamazoo a lot. And as I mentioned, every time I mention O'Duffy's, they're the only place in town that serves Schmidt's and a draft. And I go there and it's just, 
it's let's say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 20 blocks from here, 20 blocks. And about 14 blocks in another direction, there's another bar I go to. Just for the listeners, Dennis counted, that, Dennis counted that on his fingers and his toes. <laughs> well, he needed one foot because one foot, I got six toes. And in the other direction is Fletcher's where I go occasionally. And they sometimes have a good amber beer. They had a Michigan amber a, a month or so ago. They used to carry Schmidt's and then stopped. And then they carried Alaskan amber and then stopped and then carried Michigan amber and then stopped. And I went there the other night as I do every time I go there, which is at least a couple of times a month and said, what do you have any amber? Do you have any amber beer? Oh, I'll go check out. No, we don't. Okay. And so I say, all right, then I'll have a Sam Adams lager. It's, huh? just, it's, it's on the red end of the lager. So I'm totally happy with it. So the other day, instead of sitting at a table, getting food, usually with my wife, perhaps every other time I'm sitting at the bar and the bar uh, person is the also the bar manager during the night and a very friendly young woman who's just very capable, very smart. And a lot of people that are good at their job. Yes. So I said to her, I said, I was in here the other night and I see that you accomplished what I've long hoped you'd accomplish. You got Smittix back in the cooler because I asked for if they had any amber and the waitress, the barmaid said no. But when she opened the cooler to look, it was stocked full of Smittix. And I said, I know that you did this. And she said, I did. In fact, it was right after I saw you last time. It came in about two weeks later. And I said, wait a minute, you haven't seen me in three months. She said, yeah, that's about right. And I said, so let me tell you something. I've been coming in here a couple times a month for three months asking for an amber beer. And at no time did any of your weight people, any of them, indicate, oh, you had one of the most famous and oldest amber beers, in this case, a red beer, Smithix. And she couldn't believe it. How about that for an anecdote? Is her name Amber? Oh, God, you got that, that, right that'd be amazing. But no, it's not actually her name. Her name is Lager. She she was she grew up in uh, Minnesota. Your anecdote about Amber and then stop and then Amber and then stop made me think of traffic lights. <laughs> Except with you, it's Amber and go. What does yellow mean? Go. <laughs> Step on the gas. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, I really like this uh, Michigan Amber. I, the the one bar uh, restaurant I've talked about, Latitudes is a nice uh, place in town here that opened and beautiful place. Metal hanging sculptures. We're not sculptures, but uh, like a silhouette done in black metal of mountains or woodlands, right? So that just like a silhouette, there's some parts of it that are cut out and, and white and you get exactly the image, but it's just from putting different forms and shapes together. It's like <laughs> the absence of form is I the like form no, of that. It's like I said to a guy the other day who put in my walkway. It's called a, it's called a, uh, it's called a, uh, Wait, hold a random. It's called God a random. put in your walkway? It's called, huh? Who put in your walkway? God. A guy. A guy. Okay. A guy. And he said, we're using what we call a random pattern. And I said, a pattern, that's not a pattern. And he said, exactly. But you know what I do, that it is in fact a pattern of randomness. And he said, exactly. And Whoa. he said, you know what? I knew from when I was a child that I would be doing this work. And I said, really, how did you know that? And he said, because I would go into the dentist's office when I was little, six or seven years old, and I'd look up at the tiles and I would point to the different tiles and I would say, that one doesn't belong there. And that one needs to be moved the other way around. And that Whoa. one should go over here. And I said, wow, you were born to be tiled. <laughs> and uh, 
It was true. Born to be tiled. I was going to say pattern of randomness was going to be our title, but I think born to be tiled might win. We'll see what else comes up. Chaos. Chaos to all things chaos. Hey, that's a toast. To chaos in our lives. What does it do to us? What does it do to us? It might age us. It makes us sharper. So we're ready for the next unexpected thing. Although like any knife that doesn't get sharp and regulated, it eventually gets dull. And in your case, early on, but I've got hopes for you. What? Yeah, the whole that which doesn't kill us makes us stronger uh, bit is uh, it's kind of bullshit. But oh, oh, so what? just a word, just a word about Wakefield. Just another bookmark for you as you find it. Remember the screenplay approach that we've talked about of watching different events through the different characters. Every episode has at least three of those. God, so can we talk about it before I finish the whole season? No, no, but it's so fascinating because when you're in the head of the main character's name is Nick, is when this crazy tap dancing happens and dancing happens because he's this very creative mind and very musical. He was a tap dancer as a child. And I think you're going to love it. I just think you're going to love it. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. This is, this might take a while. Hey, what do we got? Nothing but time, bro. Indeed. I have some, one piece of news that I think our listener may have already heard is that I have been saving up for five years to get a new computer. And I've been waiting until the, the Apple MacBooks got good enough. And finally the moment came and I pulled the trigger and it has made a real difference in our recordings because the smarter or somehow more clever. Does it do that? Does it enhance, does it enhance the intelligence? You do sound slightly cleverer, but that's a low bar. How about you though? Because that's where we're really. So the, the problem with all of our previous recordings was mine because my old computer, whenever it was doing literally anything like a zoom call, it would get so hot that the fans would have to turn on. Yeah. And the computer was close enough to my microphone that there would be this constant white noise sound in all of my recordings. I remember you talking about that before you were never happy with that. No, I was very displeased with that. You became eventually you became a bit embittered about it. So I'm glad that you finally got that monkey off your back. I was embittered. And, but with this new computer, it is so fucking amazing that even when I'm doing my most intense work, the computer doesn't make a sound. Doesn't, right. And, and it's very, that's very good. And it's, I too got a but, new computer, but, but I didn't have to save up for it. it. It's to the point where like, I never knew that my monitors made a little bit of sound, but now that the, my computer is totally, totally silent and it's like cold to the touch. Like if I touch it, oh, it's wow. Wait a in, minute. A, in a way that is Wait a strange. There's a song there. There's a song there. You didn't know your monitors what? Made, made, there's a whining sound. You didn't know your monitors made a whining sound and something was what, ice cold? My computer was cold to the touch. Let's see. Let's see. Think about it. My monitors are whining and I barely could hear a sound. They kept kind of bitching and I just kept them around. I tried to reach a warm spot, but it was to no avail. 
Cause I touched the icy fingers and then I began to wail. Oh, my monitors are whining and I don't know what to do. My monitors are whining and so I have come to you. Oh, please, mister, can't you tell me how I can stop that screeching sound? Because if I can't find a solution, that computer won't be around. Yeah. You went super John Prine there for a while. Interesting you should say that. I've been meaning to open up the John Prine live album that's been coming across my feed and haven't had the time. I've been so funny when you're semi-retired and you're so busy that you don't have time to do stuff. So, I know, right? Oh, hey, so I went fishing on your again. TV. I got a story. John Prine was a was a COVID victim. Oh, Rest in peace. He wasn't uh, well. No, then a pandemic comes around and knocks you out. So anyway, our listeners will notice that there's not a constant hiss on our recording anymore. And all this time, I thought it was them reacting to the content, but I'm relieved to hear that wasn't the case. There's constant piss being here, but not the hiss. Don't confuse the constant hiss with the constant piss and getting pissed. Because getting pissed is part of what we do here. And I must say, we do it as well as anybody. It's in the it's in the fucking title of the podcast. Right. We're not, we're not happy hour because we're we're not you know sad. Not, it's not the sad hour. Hey, hey, I got an idea. Let's hey. do a sad hour. Let's do a sad hour. Let's okay. do a podcast that's nothing but sad stuff. And the sad people will join in. We'll call we'll create a club called the Sad Sacks. Mm-hmm. And we'll make a killing. You know, sad people give up their money. What Eleanor Rigby. I just heard again for a millionth time. A version of that is uh, absolutely, it's just so different, is Ray Charles. Wow. Ray Charles. Those, those lyrics kill me every time of writing a sermon that no one will hear, buried along with his name. It's like, fuck me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. tell me about fishing. Wear, keeping, wearing a face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Jesus Christ, yes. What well, is I it mean, for? Yeah, now we all keep our, our COVID masks in a jar by the door, but yeah. I look at all the lonely people. And Ray Charles' back, of course, goes, people, people. Gospel Rigby. look at all the lonely people. People, people. Uh, okay, then we, we'll be in the show notes at uh, happyhour.fm slash whatever episode we're up to. So have you seen the have you seen the foreign country data? I wonder how we're doing. One, three, in, four. Uh, in uh, one, three, four. I wonder how we're doing in Uruguay. We were... Whoa, we were cooking there for a while. In yeah, Sweden for a hot minute. Uruguay has, has, has cooled down, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know. oh, oh, speaking of cool down, so I got a fishing story for you. I was so waiting. I went north to the Bear Marquette River and uh, very are well. We, are we ice fishing? No, we're uh, fishing that in the planned. fall. We had the first snowfall and uh, we're fishing in the longest undammed river in the state of Michigan, if not the Northeast. Wait, and, is, is undammed not blessed? Yes, okay. undammed is blessed. Okay. Undammed is, in fact, blessed because, of course, the fish are free to run the entire length of the river when they leave the Great Lakes to go back to their spawning location, which is called a run. And in this case, what runs after the big salmon run, the pictures of which you've seen, the stories which you've heard, after they run, what comes up behind them are a version of the rainbow trout. This version of the rainbow trout is not the version of the rainbow trout that lives in the rivers and streams year round. This version of the rainbow trout has a different lifestyle, and instead, it goes downstream following the current and goes into the Great Lakes where it lives and feeds ferociously on the absolute abundant 
fish that are available in the Great Lakes compared to a river or a stream. And then in the spring, it migrates not to spawn, but just for migration DNA and spawns in the spring. What they do is they come up behind the salmon and the salmon have laid their eggs and they love those eggs. Mm. So they eat their eggs and then the salmon are gone because they all die because they spawn. And then the rainbow trout that are called steelhead stay. This is steelhead season. I went up to look at the river. The reports were slow. The weather was good. I went up the first week. You were checking out, blah, blah, blah. You're pretty hard saw, saw some fish. Then I went back again. And when I went back this time, I was very prepared. Had my beautiful new four-wheel drive Toyota 4Runner, 2016 SR5 heated leather seats. Look That's out, four-wheel drive, boom. And got up there just as dawn was breaking. Got my poles ready. Got my shit. I was out of there in 10 minutes. Walked down the path, hit the river, turned right. Walked about three quarters of a mile, got right to my spot just at dawn. There were the trees hanging over the water. There was the porch for the cabin where somebody lived. And there was the rough water here, but a nice little stand. Hold on. Someone had a cabin there and you were just like out in their lawn fishing? No, they were in the, their cabin faces the river. I was across the river on the other bank. Other side. Okay. Right. And so That's I was acceptable. in the water mostly where they're up to my knees and fishing in the, in the river. So I got there. I was all rigged up. I had knee a special, deep. Uh, knee deep, so to speak. I had a fly called uh, White Death tied on to a oh, shit. It looked like a salmon egg. I tied one hook to the other hook and let it drop about 18 inches. And I went and I saw, oh God, here I am. It's a pretty beautiful time. The stream is beautiful. It had snowed the night before. Water was cold. Water uh. was higher. The fish had come up the river from the lake because there was more water. I was all excited. I tossed my line in the water. And like I've told you, the first one is just to make sure I got the distance. And it's never quite right. So I pulled it right in. I threw it again. And it didn't quite go far enough under the tree where I wanted it to. So I did what I call a roll, what is called a roll cast and spun it. It went right where it was supposed to, went under the tree and a fish jumped on it, a steelhead, bam, bam, bam. And I caught the prettiest little steelhead and brought it in, took a picture of it. It will be in the show notes. You will not believe the colors on this rainbow trout. Rainbow colored? Who lives, yes, bright red and with blue. You're going to look at it and say, whoa. So here's the story. It, it, now, it, it, it occurs to me that you're so good at podcasting because you're so good at- uh... Oh, because one kind of casting helps with another kind of casting? You're like a, a casting director. <laughs> I do direct the cast. So story goes on. I'm sorry. Okay. I pulled the fly right out of the fish's mouth where he had grabbed it. That's let the does. fish run away. He screamed away. He was so fast and drifted again under the tree. One time, two times. On the third time, caught another fish. This one twice as big as the first one. The fish jumped out of the water and moved three feet down the river, never touching the water, flapping in the air, head and tail, doing what we it call flew down the water river. dancing water dancing, fin dancing, tail dancing on the water. And while it was in the air, the fly went loose and the fish got away. And I looked, I said out loud to just me in the darkness, it's going to be a good day. 15 minutes goes by, six or seven unsuccessful drifts. I move downstream a bit, go to another place. And what do I see? In the same spot I saw before, I see a nice size steelhead. Hmm. This one is probably 20 inches long. I drift in front of it. 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 I think it might be interested. I pull the hook. I hook him. He too dance, dances on the water and is gone in a split second. For the next six hours, I never saw or caught another fish. Wow. That was all in the first 30 minutes. But that's not the story. Hold on. Story, I, I, well, that's not the story. Save, save the story. I have questions. So the joy that you get from this is the dopamine hit of catching a fish but then you immediately release it it's very ephemeral it's hey i got it okay no it's first of all the 
Words are important. It's not catching a fish, it's hooking a fish. I apologize, yes. And what you do with the fish is you play the fish. And if you're lucky, after you play the fish, you catch the fish. So one way to describe- so what, you, what you have described so far is hooking the fish and the ones that danced were playing, yes. but none were caught. One was caught, the first one. The first one, because you had it in your hand and you took a photo of it and then you yeah. said, get out of right. here. So the way that you say that is I was one for three. One caught per three hooked. And a question okay. may come, well, of the ones hooked, did they all play? Because one, let's say one of my brothers would say that, let's say you're drifting down the stream and you pull the hook because when your hook is drifting, this is something you wrap your head around. When your hook is drifting, there's only two reasons it's going to stop drifting down the river. They're both related. It gets caught on something or it gets a fish. Right. It stops for a reason, in other words. So a good fisherman will act as if every very small change in the iteration of the flow of the hook is enough to set the hook. Mm -hmm. That's why fishermen that I've tried to emulate and I've been successful to said my brothers have is we can catch. Sometimes we'll be on a river. My brother, uh, younger brother and I, Mike, were in a river and we were amongst 14 to 15 fishermen that were all within sight of us in a bend of the river that you could fish on either side of the river at a place called Tanny Como in uh, Kansas. And it flows from Ta Lake Tanny Como, which is a 200 foot deep lake that at the bottom of the lake, the dam that holds it up, at the very bottom of that dam, at the bottom of the lake, there's a chute that pours crystal clear ice cold water into the Tanicomo River. Oh, shoot. And when the horn blows and you're fishing, you have less than three minutes to get out of there because they've opened the gates. I got caught once and the water was so fast and I was standing on gravel. My feet were out from under me. I ended up almost close to panic and got out by the grace of God. I would have been swept down there because I ignored that goddamn siren. I was catching fish every cast. Okay, so my my question is, what about this activity do you find enjoyable? Is it the, ran the, the random reward of sometimes a fish is there and you get a bunch in a row and then there are six hours where you don't? Or... Uh, what about it is it so, that makes you I, want to go back? There's one way to, to, to start it, and that is to say I enjoy the pursuit. And the pursuit includes other things that I enjoy. I enjoy walking in the woods. I enjoy the sight, the smell, and the sound of the river. Sure, I being enjoy, outside. In, I enjoy in, being in the river. I enjoy the silence figuring and, out where to cross the river, where to fish. There's a, a bit of a science to it. I enjoy researching, reading about it. I enjoy exploring. I enjoy looking at the current the depth of the water and determining whether or not the setup I have will work. Do I need more weight, less weight to bounce on the bottom? Do I need a longer leader, a shorter leader? I like the tension of really knowing that I'm in a place where there should be fish and discovering where there is fish. And if that's the only thing that I do all day long because I don't catch any fish, I walk away saying, that was fun. I wish I would have caught a fish, but that was fun. So it's not about the end objective of that is a huge bonus having a fish like, in your it's hands. It's sort of like when you go to a game gallery and you you throw the balls or the baskets or whatever and you amass a bunch of tickets. And when you amass a bunch of tickets, you don't get the grand prize, you don't get the teddy bear that can barely fit in your car. You get a sizable a sizable bunny that is the pride of any child. Sizable but you're bunny. gonna get it. That's what this is. There's all these rewards. And then when you catch a fish or bring one in, and then, mind you, is a little fish or a bigger fish? Is it a prize fish? There's all sorts of things. Here's another big question. How long did it play? A fish, a bump on and off, is that a play? One of my brothers wouldn't count that. He said, no, I didn't hook him up. He bumped it. He was on and off. 
I never hooked them up. Hook means, you know what it means of, of a, a football play, a football move in, your, in college and professional football, that when you catch the ball, that the way that you determine whether or not the ball is actually caught and fumbled right. is if whether or not after catching it, you made, quote, a football move. You know that term? No. I you know what a football move would be? I mean, uh, my guess if you ask me, if you ask me to define what a catch means or not, is whether or not it looked like you had control of where the ball was going. Because if you're there, like with it, you know, falling around your body, maybe you don't. But if you have it and you then move it in a direction intentionally, then that would... is the issue, not the first. The reason that the the commission changed made sure that the rule was about what happened, assuming control of the ball, was that you can't make a legitimate football move unless you've got control of the ball. And all it means, really, is one way or the other, you were moving the ball in the right direction. That could be a step. That could be a dodge. That could yeah. be an important twist in the air. Right. I think you'd have to probably touch your foot to the ground and it's a turn in the air. You know, what if you caught a ball and you jumped over the top of someone? Well, that's a football move. Hell yeah. Well, I'm all relating this because the idea of, so when did you actually hook the fish? You had to have one play move. Is this a at least one moment of saying, got one, it should be long enough to say the words fish on. If it isn't long enough to say those words, it's not. Fish on, fish off. That's right. Uh, so I can summarize your description with the following statement that I understand why you enjoy golf. Because golf is this mysterious, how could you possibly enjoy that when all you do is fuck up all the sort of games? Yeah. But there are moments where you sense in yourself this glorious talent uh, that makes you come back. Maybe it's one out of a thousand hits, but you feel that and you're like, okay, I want to go back. So I, I, this reminds me of that. Yeah, and there's a lot of things like that. The other thing is my brother has gone steelhead fishing at least five times since I've gone twice. He steelhead fished in at least three rivers in at least two states and he is zero for one wow but and he's keeps going back because he understands the chase actually got his bow out and started deer hunting and killed three deer in the first two weeks so what he couldn't <laughs> and his buddy who's a buddy who's fished with us jim has caught one in those i guess they go together quite a bit in those trips so they're wild now and when i go there i talk to every fisherman i see and as it turns out hooking into three and catching one and landing it was second as good as anybody I talked to. And I talked to five or six fishermen. So right. what you want to know is how am I doing compared to everybody else? Is there fish in the river and I'm just some fool that doesn't seem to know how to rig up to catch him or what? You're the river genius. I am. I am a neophyte. So my brother says, how'd you do? I said, well, it was a 13 hour day, all total driving two and then driving from one fishing spot to another fishing spot. I was in the car for five hours. And then I walked forever to get to the places to fish and walk from there. So I walked for about three hours. And then because I kept throwing flies in the river and they kept getting snagged, or in the case of one, a fish broke it off. I had to retie my flies and my weight and all my line. I'm very slow at that. It was very cold. It was 32 degrees. It was freezing. And so that took a long time. That's so I, yes. I tied for three hours and I fished for four hours out of a 12 hour day. And I felt could have fished a little more, could have fished a little more. It was gorgeous, though. just absolutely gorgeous. So I have some golfing news. I never, ever golf in Spain. The only time I ever really do is when we do this golfing on the beach. Have I told you about this? 
No, maybe. I don't think so. I don't remember. Yeah. We do this thing where there's this really long beach that is near where I live. And the tide, when it comes in, comes really far in. And when it goes out, it goes really far out. It's super, super flat. And we do this thing because there is no golf course nearby, but the locals that like to play golf, we organize this, this beach golf thing where we draw with spray paint just on the wet sand green. And we put holes, we put a hole of the flag and then we, it's a nine hole course. Like we hit from, from the sand dunes towards the water, but it's super, super flat. And it has this stint meter, I guess is the word. The thing that they use to measure the, how fast greens are like at the oh, yeah. or whatever. And it has a stint meter score of like faster than Augusta in this super flat sand. And so we do this thing where you hit between a five and a five iron in a pitching wedge towards this green. And if you're on the green, then you can use a putter. But if you're off the green, you have, you can't use a putter. So you use like a, because you're on this super flat surface, you use like a, or a, or a three wood or something. Uh-huh. To, to, sweep ta- it. to tap your ball pitch and run no not pitch because no pitch it, 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 it's all flat what you want is a putter but if you're off if you're outside of the green line then you have to use some other thing to get seven irons as flat iron as you have in your bag that's what i use to sweep uh, it no three iron is flatter but whatever oh i don't have a three iron in my bag <laughs> why would i i was saying a wood a three wood is going to be flatter a little anyway, awkward it is anyway it's this it's a tournament that we have every year the last year we didn't have it. And this year, normally it's in May, but it got postponed with COVID and whatnot to November. And this weekend I'm going to be participating. Oh. And, but like my golf clubs are in such a bad state. The grips, the grips like stain my hands. Like the rubber is deteriorating yeah. so much that like my, my golf glove, yeah. whatever golf glove I use is going to be black. And Did you have them stored in the chest at all? I did. And since recently they've, since we bought a garage, they've been in the garage, but I need to get them regripped and I will. You have a car? You do have a car. We have one car between the two of us. So often I don't have access to the car. In fact, I'm going to need a ride to the golfing because it's this, it's on Saturday, which is a day that my daughter has her theater class. Have we we talked about the theater class? She's taking this theater class in a city that is 30 minutes away, Oh, but her theater class is in English, which is interesting. There's a bunch of other teenagers who have one English native speaking parent that know enough English to like act in English and they're going to perform a play in June. And anyway, we found out about this and we signed up and she loves it. But like, we knew that she was uh, theater bound because she's all about narrative and storytelling and she's not afraid to yeah. be in front of people and uh, it's how long is the class hour it's an hour and a half so it's a two and a half hour day two and a half hour commitment given back and forth and you wait there you don't come home i have been what, what i've been doing is i have been driving her there and then i spend an hour and a half just walking through this city yeah. which i love to do because cities especially early in the morning when they're waking up and the store people are sitting up or preparing their stuff. It's just a beautiful place to be. But that was, yeah. So there I'm going to be, I'm not going to be taking her this weekend, but my wife will, and I will be doing this beach golf thing. And actually maybe the last time I did it, my parents were here and my father witnessed this event. Oh, but he couldn't play it. No, he couldn't play it. He was, he was not ambulatory enough. I hope to see him soon. We are planning a birthday bash in Topsail. But I have, I have two movies I want to tell you about that I've seen this since okay. this book last. Number one is called The Guilty. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and it was made during COVID. And it's, it used the like 
how would you make a movie if you couldn't let people be near each other? What's the solution to that problem? And what it was a, a police officer that had been demoted down to a 911 operator. And the entire movie was like over the phone and his reaction to what other people on the phone were saying. And it was for that premise, it was brilliant. Huh. And it was, there's this woman that's been kidnapped and, and he has to call to, to get one of his buddies to take a squad car out to the house where the woman's children were abandoned. And this sort of premise of you're, it's almost like a stage play, right? You're like, you're watching a person and you're only hearing the audio from the phone call. So the, they never showed you the action on the other side of the no, it was wow. only It was only him. But and, guilty. And he had to act the shit out of that because oh god yes uh cameras on him the whole time exactly it's one of those did you see nightcrawler i have yes so it's one of those movies where there's one person on the screen at all times cast away or something like like uh divide scenes from a marriage in two (laughs) yeah so that was impressive that's on netflix which you said you might be getting soon it's coming Um, but it it reminded me of uh there's a tv show uh on apple tv plus that is called calls and it's not a tv show in that you see people it's literally like audio like you're listening to phone calls and what on the screen is like the waveform of what they're talking about with the text of what the people are saying and it is like that genre you think oh i'm listening it's basically a radio play right like back in the day they used to do all sorts of theater on the radio but it's super intense. Like the first episode is people calling each other. There's this boyfriend and girlfriend that one lives in Los Angeles and the other in in New York city and they're calling each other. And then spooky shit starts to happen. And there's like this monster that like looks like I'm talking to you from Spain and you're in Michigan. And this person knocks on my door and it looks just like you while I'm on the phone with you. And I'm just like, Whoa, (laughs) which one of you is you? you? And, and anyway, they do this really interesting, creepy shit that is very intriguing that I recommend. It's called Calls. I'll put it in the show notes. Called what? Calls. C-A-L-S? Yes. Calls. And Calls. Hold on. That was, Calls was a, was a subnote of, of Guilty. The, the other, I watched a really stupid movie over the weekend, and it turns out it was the most watched movie on release day that Netflix has ever had. And I started watching it with my wife because we were bored, and then we realized wait, our eight-year-old should watch this too because it's that stupid. It's a movie called Red Notice. It stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot, who is who played Wonder Woman. And it's a s- stupid heist movie using all the action movie tropes that you could ever imagine of the whole Ocean's Eleven. That's a nice uh, little cast though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's good people, but it's just... So you watch the whole thing? So predictable. Yeah, we watched the whole thing. I mean, we were... Yeah, but it's it was what it was. But it was uh, what it was. Well, it, it's one of those movies where if you want to watch something for two hours and not really tax your brain at all, which sometimes that's what your brain, what your body needs. Right. It's now, one of those. Now, do you Much know like our what, podcast? Yeah, speaking of speaking of such inanities, do you know something you said to me about ten minutes ago? You said save the rest of your story. It was what? about the fishing story. Yes, I never told you the point of the story. The point of the story was this. After a little while, that flurry of fishing. Wait, was there a mermaid? No. That, fl- that flurry of fishing took place. I fished it and fished it 
and I snagged at one point and I had to tie up again. So I used the opportunity to not only get a swig of water, take a bite of the food that I had brought, which was in a pocket in the back of my fishing vest. And I took off my vest and I ate the food. And I thought, while I'm at it here, I might as well go to the bathroom. So I looked around and of course that cottage was across the river. So I walked up into the brush a little bit and uh, dropped trowel, as they say, and relieved myself. I I came back and as I put my vest back on, put my pole in my hand, ready to go back out into the stream. Wait, your pole had already been in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) A different pole. A boat drifted by. And this is a pretty narrow stream, river, and quite narrow in some places. And these boats are flat-bottom boats. And so they only draw, what's called draw about six inches of water. And so you can basically go and bounce down and scrape bottom a little bit. And as they went by, there were three fishermen. I said, how are you doing? And they said, nothing yet. And they drifted by and they said, how about you? I said, well, I hooked into three. I landed one. And the thing that was interesting was just as the boat came into view, walking down the steps to the deck overlooking the river from the cabin was a man about my age who had a coffee cup in his hand. And so he came down, he was looking toward me. The boat came by and uh, the boat drifted by, went out of sight. And I said to the guy, I said, hey, good morning. How are you? He said, well, I'm pretty good. And I said, good. It's a beautiful morning. And he said, yeah. And he said, fox run bourbon. And I said, excuse me? He said, fox run bourbon. I'm standing there on the fishing I understand foxtrot and whiskey as being like code words, but. Fox run bourbon. And I said, what is that? I don't have any bourbon on me. He said, that's what I charge people who trespass on my property and urinate on my land. And I said, huh, trespass. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, what's the... Hold on. You didn't trespass. You trespassed. (laughs) I did. That's good. (laughs) And I said, and where exactly is the line? And he goes like this, a big motion, throwing his arm up above his head in a big pantomime. Look up. And I look up and sure enough, above me is a no trespassing sign. And I said, oh, I see. I said, so... It doesn't say no trespassing. Just let me know. I said, so I, if I take five steps forward, I'm no longer trespassing. And he said, yes, you are. And I said, you mean all these tracks here of all these people that walk by every day, those are all trespassers? He said, correct. I said, so where is, where am I not trespassing? And he said, you have to stay in the water. And I said, oh, okay. And then he said, fox run bourbon. And I said, I don't have any bourbon. He said, you can get it at the store right up the road. That's what I charge for what you did. And you cannot- You owe me bourbon. And you cannot stand on my property. And I looked at him and I stared at him and I thought about it. And then I said, wow, you're really a fucking prick, aren't you? And he said, you're trespassing. Get off my land and don't come back. And uh, I looked at him and I said, what? Is this your idea of how you spend a pleasant Sunday? Good for you. And I put, I started walking away. As I walked away to the left, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere where I'll enjoy myself more. And he said, you're still trespassing because I hadn't walked in the water. And I looked at him and I stopped and I said, why don't you go fuck yourself? (laughs) And then I walked into the water and I walked away. And it really put a kind of a bad twist and a negative twist on what was a beautiful day. And I'm thinking that, I mean, should I have said to him, Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'll get you your bourbon. That was one response. And would that have made him be like, okay, fine. 
piss away in my, on my lawn. I don't know. Or whatever. I don't know. So, but I, there's a lot of people who, unlike me, they throw litter. They might, who knows? Right. Can't speak about other fishermen. There's all these people listening to this right now that aren't going to patreon.com slash happy hour to give us our fox trot, fox bourbon. piss bourbon or whatever it was. What was the movie where the guy mispronounced the word bourbon and said Bergen? There was a movie I used to quote when I was in high school. That was a long time ago. Our time has come to an end. My belly calls. I'm hungry as a hoot owl. Hoot owls are just ferocious eaters. Eat. As everyone knows. As everyone should No need know. to explain. Yes. <laughs> Even if, well, hoot, hoot. My little birdie is calling. Hoot, hoot, hoot. Indeed. My little birdie is calling. Good evening, Dennis. It's nice to say goodbye Good for Good evening. Once. What's that? Say what? It's, it's nice to say goodbye for once. Okay. Eric, I want to wish you a fond... Indeed. Okay, that does it for episode number 134. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 134, which include a link to Ray Charles singing Eleanor Rigby, as well as the TV shows that I talked about, and a photo of Dennis's rainbow trout fish. You can support us at patreon.com slash happyhour. See you next week.